Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to be interviewing an old friend and a very, very astute real estate entrepreneur, Mr. Barry McGuire. Barry, how are you doing today? Dave, I am just a ducky, even though I'm living in Alberta and we've just come out of a pretty big cold snap. I'm still alive, still here. So glad to be Glad to be on the podcast. That's well, I'm glad you're still alive, still here, and that you're on the podcast, that's for sure. So for for those of you who aren't familiar with Barry, Barry is a very experienced real estate investor in his own right. And not only that, he is a full-time lawyer who focuses on primarily on real estate transactions. And he's been doing that for a lot more years than his youthful appearance would belay. So, uh, Barry, it's great to have you on the call. And like you said, he's calling in from Alberta. I'm here in, in Kamloops. And at the time that we're recording this, it's still a nippy February kind of weather scheme there. So, Barry, to get started with, why don't you tell us how you got involved? What's been your path for getting in into real estate investing as an investor? You know, that's a, that's a good one, Dave. And it uh, goes back a long way to when I was uh, in university and I had a summer job and uh, one of my coworkers was always running off to his lawyer to sign paperwork to buy another house. Now, he was just a student like me, and I finally said, you know, I don't get this. Don't you need money to buy a house, and what's going on? Now, he, he was buying properties in the Garneau area of Edmonton, which is right near the university. Uh, it turns out this was in the days when you could assume mortgages in Alberta without qualification. Ah. And so... He was going over and, and paying two or $3,000 in those early days of, of much lower prices, taking over somebody's mortgage. And uh, so he said to me, Barry, you should buy a house. I'm in second year law school. And so I went, okay, fine. So he hooked me up with his realtor and we found a three bedroom, two story house in Garneau. Uh, my brother, Mark was a plumber. And so he had uh, the income qualification. I used my student loan for the down payment. We, we bought this two-story house. We put three more bedrooms, so we had six bedrooms, in the basement of the, uh, of the property. So now we have six bedrooms, and we rented them out to other students and had a positive cash flow property that uh, when I sold it two and a half years later, I made two and a half times on my money, and I was hooked. <laughs> I would guess. Yeah. So fast forward the, you know, five or six years, ten years, it might have been since then, what is your main focus these days? Well, over the, over the next few years, I did what I started out doing, which is I bought properties using and the buy and hold strategy. So I'm looking to buy a property, rent it out, keep it for a long time, let my tenants pay down the mortgage. And so that was my, that was my strategy for a long time. I've done some joint ventures with other people. But in the last, I would say, 10 years, I've been focusing more on uh, different creative real estate strategies. And in the last seven to eight years, uh, my wife Donna and I have been teaching courses on how to buy real estate creatively. And so I'm very interested in that way of doing things. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It opens up a bunch of different areas for people who maybe are tapped out at the bank, can mm -hmm. only buy so many under today's really, really, really restrictive financing rules. What started as kind of a you know, sideline hobby 10 or so years ago. Guess what? In 07, the, the federal government started restricting. Creative strategies are way more useful than they were even 10 years ago. So I've been focusing on that along with my regular real estate practice. 
So when you're talking about creative strategies, I know there's a whole bunch of them out there. Can you give us maybe your top two or three that, that you do most often? Okay. In Alberta, the top strategy at the moment is something called an agreement for sale, which is a seller financing technique. Joint ventures are very popular because any entrepreneurial person runs out of money and whether you're doing a buy and hold or whether you're doing a creative strategy, you often need to do a joint venture with someone to get you the money to do your deal. So joint ventures bolt on to all of the regular creative strategies like agreements for sale. Okay. Rent to own is popular in more in rising markets across the country, but it's a great exit strategy for sellers who have a property they might want to prune and move along. Assignments are also something we do a lot of. People who have a good marketing funnel and I know, Dave, you know what a marketing funnel is. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah you heard of that. <laughs> Listen, folks, if Dave hasn't talked to you about how to attract investors, then you should ask him. <laughs> so a, a lot of people who really get going on the, on the marketing side of things attract more opportunities than they can deal with. And rather than abandon an opportunity, they sell that opportunity or assign it to another investor. So that's quite popular if you're a good marketer. And fix and flips. We do a fair bit of work on the fix and flip side of things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so those agreements for sale, rent to own assignments or wholesaling, as it's sometimes called, and fix and flip, all with joint ventures as a, as a bolt-on to get you the money to actually buy a property. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. So, it sounds like you got started off on the right foot way back in the day. I mean, with your very first property, it positive cash flow and you made money on it. You made good money on it after a relatively short period of time. Plus probably ended up having a free place to stay while you're in school. I did. Uh, yeah. So that, that worked out well, but looking back, if you were to counsel your younger self, if you're starting over again, what, if anything, would you do differently? The one thing from, uh, as you look back and hindsight is wonderful, isn't it? Uh, you know, as I look back, I was a little too passive about my, about acquiring my real estate knowledge. So in the early days before I was a lawyer and I was just, you know, working summer jobs and in law school, I let my friend lead me along and that worked out really well, didn't it? Two and a half times your money in a short period of time, that worked out really well. But I didn't really investigate how it all worked or why it worked. And I kind of followed that trend as I uh, you know, as I got my law degree and moved along, I had a little more disposable income than people and got into advising on, on real estate a little bit. And so I would run across people who were, do, who were doing things. And if I liked them and trusted them, I go, oh, yeah, sure. You know, I could do some of that. And I didn't really take the time to educate myself, to, to do some diligence on my own, to, to do near as much of that as I possibly could. You know, going back, I would have done way more investigating and educating of myself. I would have found better mentors, I think, mm. who would sit me down and go, listen, buddy, you're just throwing money at stuff. You're not, you're not really thinking about your, what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the goal? What, you know, where are you trying to get to in what period of time? Because without the plan, you know, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, as they say. And so I guess, you know, as I look back at it, Dave, you know, in summary, I would have spent a lot more time educating myself. I wouldn't have, I would have 
done more planning. I would have found a mentor to help me plan. Somebody would have grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, you know, what's your plan? In what time period? And how are you going to achieve that? And I never really did that until much later on in my career. So more diligence and more planning, uh, more education early on. Very well said. So since then, you definitely got educated and you've done a lot more deals and you've helped. I mean, the, the beautiful thing about you, Barry, is not only have you done a bunch of deals, but you have transacted a lot over the years in your in your practice. So you've pretty much seen everything under the sun when it comes to real estate investing, especially in Alberta. So I know, I can't remember how long ago, but you've, you've been working a lot with rain over the years. You're definitely their number one legal counsel in, in, in Alberta, that's for sure, and pretty much in Canada as well when it comes to real estate investing. So over the years, what are, what are some of the biggest, or what's the biggest mistake you see newbie real estate investors making over and over again? There's lots of mistakes that people make, and I have seen a lot of stuff. We were counting up transactions, and I think I've probably done about 25,000 transactions, wow. and I've, I've been with Rain since 1986. Wow, yeah. Probably the, uh, you know, like I'm the honorary member now, you know. So, you know, as to mistakes that, that newbie people make, it's kind of funny because I just said that people should do more diligence and, and plan a little more, but there's that old thing called uh, analysis paralysis. Mm. And there's a, there's a line between doing so much research that you can never see the end of the research and you just have to keep doing it and barging in without doing anything. So I think the mistake I see, you know, on balance, I see the mistake that people make is they carry on too long with research. If, if someone said to themselves, you know, I'm pretty interested in real estate, then once they take some time to get some education, read some books, join a group like Rain or other educational real estate groups, talk to some good realtors, find a mentor, and, and work all that into a plan, which shouldn't take that long. I don't think it should take people more than a couple or three months if they're on it. To, to get in there and gain that amount of information, then you have to take some action. I have got a list of clients who, who come to some of my courses, who've been at rain forever, who've been my clients forever, and they still haven't bought a property. Yeah. And no, so, you know, the way I... Long, so the yes. analysis paralysis. Analysis yeah. paralysis. So, that, you know, the way I kind of, kind of sum that up, in the end, when people have done two or three months worth of stuff, I say to them, it's way more important to get started than be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. If people will understand that that first property is an SOB, it kills you. It's stressful. It's hard. It's this. It's that. But get that one done and the next one's twice as easy and the third one you're just sailing. So nice. don't wait too long to get going is my best advice to newbies. The ducks are never going to be perfectly lined up. True enough. Yeah. Okay. Barry, I know you and your lovely wife Donna are have been – teaching and training people for years now about uh, real estate investing. Who's kind of your ideal student or client for what you guys focus on? And you, you know, we've got a whole bunch of those graduate students who are now part of our really fabulous private Facebook group. They're so community minded, Dave, and they, and they work out. So this whole group turns out to be the kinds of people that would be my perfect client. And they're people that are entrepreneurial, they're forward-looking. They're, they're always looking to the positive. If something went bad, they go, okay, what happened here? What can I do to make sure it doesn't happen again? Hmm. And they're, they're always moving forward. And from my perspective as a lawyer, they're people who want to work with me, 
not fight about why the document is this length or why it will take this amount of time. They just want to know how to get the job done and do it positively and in, in most expeditiously as you can. And they work with you. So there's my ideal client. They're not fighting against you. Makes They're not sense. fighting with me. So what, what do you think is like the biggest problem you help people solve? You know, when they come on and they take one of your courses or they get coaching with you guys, what's the biggest problem you help them solve? Well, there is no, you know, kind of one problem that people have. I think, you know, to a large extent, it's helping them with their confidence around whatever uh, real estate strategy or venture they're trying to put forward. Everybody's looking to, everybody's looking to, to, you know, to get some information and get enough information to pull the trigger. And, and, and lots of times people, they just don't have enough confidence. So I, so I think it's, it's being available as a resource, whether it's on a straightforward real estate deal or on, a, on some of the creative courses that we teach, to be there, to be that calm, uh, reassuring, as Donna likes to say, people think you're Uncle Barry. <laughs> they look at you, you're Uncle Bear, help us out here. So I, I'm able to, in, in a way that uh, I think reduces stress, uh, help people just get over some of those, some of those confidence issues that they're having keep them moving in the direction of let's get a property going and let's keep the plan going. So if somebody's listening to this and they kind of recognize that analysis paralysis in themselves and they've, you know, they've been hanging around real estate groups forever, but they haven't pulled the trigger short of actually signing on board and, and being a client of you, what, what would be a tip you could give somebody about how to get off their rusty dusty and, and actually start taking action? It depends, you know, which way they were heading. If they were just doing a, a basic real estate transaction, I'd, I'd say, do you have a good realtor? Do you have a good banker? Have you worked out a plan for why the heck you're doing this? And if they went, no, yes, no, I'd go work on those no's so you can actually buy a property. If they were, place, yeah. and if they were moving off into the creative side of things, I'd say, uh, you know, you could move off to uh, our website called One Damn Deal. That's all one word, www.onedamndeal.ca. And we've got a, you know, we've got a 33-page how-to manual on that site that talks about creative real estate. And if that's where you think you're heading, that would be a great way to get started without paying me $500 an hour to teach you. Nice. And without, you know, without going off to other people where you don't know whether they know what they're talking about. Fair enough. So is that one, well, we'll have, we'll have that link included with the, the resources with the podcast. So Barry, we got about a minute and a half here left, my friend. So as we're wrapping up from all your experiences, all your years of experience in real estate and working with, with real estate investors, what would be like one really big tip you could give our listeners, help them get to that next level, whatever that is that they're looking for. You know, at the, at the risk of being repetitious, you know, I think it's taking action. Mm -hmm. Way more important to get started than be perfect. And one damn deal. When we say to people, when we're teaching our courses, I'm evangelizing at the, at the front of the room saying, I want you to do one damn deal, which is really take action. It's way better way more important to get started than be perfect. And one damn deal. Those are all the same things. It's me saying three different ways. Great. Do a plan, get some advice, find a mentor, find a broker, find a realtor, find a lawyer, but pull the trigger and take some action. 
Exactly. You know what? And inadvertently, that's exactly what you had back in the day when you first started. You had your buddy that was actually doing it, and he kind of was your mentor to get started with, at least. Right? He was. Yeah. When I yeah, when you say it like that, I might have I beaten myself up for not being as on it or as diligent about it. But really, he said this works, and I took some action. So lucky for me. <laughs> very good. Thank you very much, Barry. It's always a lot of fun chatting with you. 17 minutes runs by pretty quick, so I think we'll probably have to uh, have you on the call again sometime. Happy to do that, Dave, anytime. Thanks a lot. All right, everybody, take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.